Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite characters here in Virtual Legality, and that's CEO of Gearbox Software, Randy Pitchford. Now, as you can see on your screen, you've got the logo for 2K, the publishing arm or publishing label of Take-Two Interactive that is going to be part of this story. Why? Because Randy Pitchford, love him or hate him, is a wild card actor, much like the Tim Sweeney's and other folks that we've been discussing in virtual legality of late, that speaks his mind uh, and speaks his mind quite often and could possibly get himself into a bit of trouble. Let's talk about why today. And it's all based on one tweet from 7 a.m. this morning. Randy Pitchford, good news or bad news first? Good news. An update for Borderlands 3 has been prepared for release that includes full cross-play support across all platforms that you'd be able to play with buddies across the PlayStation ecosystem or the Xbox ecosystem or wherever else Borderlands 3 might be found. Bad news, however, from Mr. Pitchford, for certification, we have been required by the publisher to remove cross-play support for PlayStation consoles. Now, we have to break this down a little bit. This is the only messaging that we've gotten so far from Mr. Pitchford at Gearbox, and there are a number of aspects of it that are quite unusual. Before we get into it, though, let's look at the background for what this is all about. So back in July of 2019, Borderlands 3 isn't out yet. They're having a big event to showcase what Borderlands 3 is going to be about, and he makes a commitment, Mr. Pitchford does, Chronicled here by Video Games Chronicle, Borderlands 3 crossplay planned for as many platforms as possible. Gearbox is committed to delivering the feature, but it's going to take some work. Here's what the quote actually was. Some folks may be speculating that this thing tomorrow may be about crossplay, he said on Monday. Tomorrow's thing is awesome, but not about crossplay. But good news, same formulation that we just saw this morning. We are committed to supporting crossplay for Borderlands 3 with our partners as soon as practicable after launch. A little bit of a lawyer word there. You don't see practicable out there in the world very often. But this presents an interesting scenario because you've got Gearbox, the developers of Borderlands 3, but not the publisher going out there and saying, we at Gearbox are committed to supporting cross-play for Borderlands 3 with our partners as soon as practicable after launch. Partners there being a little bit unclear, probably Microsoft and Sony and the other places where Borderlands 3 is found, but also inclusive of your publishing partner who has a say in how these things are actually put out there to market. So when you read a sentence like this, it's important to note where Mr. Pitchford actually puts the blame. He says he has been required. Someone else, a third party of force, has required him to remove cross-play support for PlayStation, even though the coding is done, even though the engineering is done, whatever work had to go on behind the scenes to get cross-play to work is done. He has been required to remove it by who? By his publisher. And Gearbox doesn't publish Borderlands. They probably could at this point if they weren't already signed up to a publishing contract. But, but Borderlands is published by Take-Two through their publishing arm, 2K. Here we've got a press release from the release of Borderlands 3. Today, 2K and Gearbox Software are proud to announce that Borderlands 3, the next installment in the award-winning, genre-defying shooter looter series, is now available worldwide. And you get to the bottom, you scroll through all the greatness of Borderlands 3, and you get to 
2K is a publishing label of Take-Two Interactive Software Incorporated. As we've talked about in virtual legality, you sign a contract with a publisher. The publisher is going to advance certain funds, do other things on your behalf, market the game, handle some of your logistical support, and you're going to develop that video game if you're on the developer side of things. In fact, this particular publishing arrangement had come under fire. We had seen it. We had done videos in virtual legality about the fact that Mr. Pitchford was sued by his former business partner and counsel. A lawsuit accuses the CEO behind the blockbuster Borderlands video games of lewd behavior and pocketing a secret $12 million bonus, which wasn't so secret. We covered it in virtual legality. And ultimately, this particular case was settled with a big, long statement about how Randy Pitchford is exonerated from the allegations against him, etc. And we talked about that in virtual legality as well. But it goes to the point that Take-Two, 2K, is putting money into the project. As part of putting money into that project, they get certain rights to determine how it's marketed, how it's sold, how it goes out to the world. And also that Randy Pitchford is at the heart of a number of controversies, and he says what he thinks quite often. Here, as the CEO of the developer, he is throwing his publishing partner, 2K, take two, under the bus, which is very, very rare for corporate speak, right? We don't see this from corporations and business partners very often unless they have a CEO like Mr. Pitchford that just goes out there and is clearly, I would say, upset with this arrangement. He had said in 2019, we're committed to getting cross-play working for everybody. Certainly, as a gamer, I think we would all like to see cross-play supported across all these many platforms. It helps increase the longevity of these games. It helps populate them with other players that you can play with. And that's not happening for reasons that are only now becoming a little bit clearer, especially with respect to PlayStation. Now, as part of Apple versus Epic, and please do check out our 50 video long on antitrust Epic playlist if you're at all interested in that case and some of the stuff that came out of it, we got a leak, a set of materials in which I covered on my video, Sony charges devs for crossplay, let's break it down. That was all about this concept that Sony is actually asking for money when other market participants haven't in the case of supporting crossplay. Now, in that video, which has a lot of math, we talk about what it means. Now, I've seen online as part of this post from this morning speculation that this cross-platform, cross-play revenue share concept is at the heart, in all likelihood, of why a publisher like Take-Two, 2K, wouldn't want to participate in the PlayStation ecosystem. I've also seen notes online, and I've had folks message me, that suggest that this is millions of dollars and is completely off the beaten path for PlayStation to even ask for. Now, if you looked at my previous video on this topic, you probably heard me say, nah, this doesn't seem to be that aggressive from Sony. You don't have to love it. I don't love it as a gamer. I'd love to see crossplay just supported across all of these platforms. But as the market leader, as the party that is most likely to have gameplay occurring on its system, what they have actually devised here and just so the record is clear, we don't know that this, which was apparently proposed to Epic when they were debating about how to support Fortnite, is actually what Sony goes out to its potential partners with as of today. But we can see their thought process, we can see their logic in a document like this, that when they go and ask for money, they tie it completely to how much players are playing on PlayStation. So it's not millions of dollars. What you've got here, and you can see in their examples, and we'll just go over it in brief here, is if the revenue share that's realized on the PlayStation Network, generally speaking, for microtransactions, expansions, other purchases 
in application that are tied to the original purchase of the video game, if that revenue share of the total money that is spent in your ecosystem, all players everywhere spending money on Borderlands 3, if that starts to get separated from how many people are actually playing the game on the PlayStation 4, as described here, PlayStation 5 as well, it's only then that PlayStation and Sony tries to take some amount of cut for that. So here we've gotten their first example. You're not playing it, the player base, as much on PlayStation as you are in spending money. But even with this 5% separation, it doesn't cross this threshold of being 15% different. And so you don't owe us anything. However, if you're selling a game like Borderlands 3 and Sony makes 60% of the dollars in microtransactions, but is covering 95% of the playtime, Sony looks at it and says, we're delivering eyeballs, we're delivering audience to what is making your game successful. These should be closer together. But it's worth noting, Sony doesn't ask for the difference here. It doesn't ask for 35% increase. It doesn't ask for hundreds of thousands of dollars. It then applies a little royalty premium here, described as 15%. So you've got this difference. You can see it as the million to 600,000, uh, a, a $350,000 difference in what they think they should get for what gameplay they're supporting. That's multiplied by 15%, and it comes out to $52,000. Now, that's a lot of money. It's not necessarily a lot of money for these giant corporations, but it's a lot of money holistically, just in terms of $50,000 is still $50,000, no, no matter how big your company is. And worse, from the publisher's perspective, if you put yourselves in Take-Two's shoes, in 2K's shoes, you don't have a lot of control over when and how much you owe under this rubric. And that's always going to be a problem when you're talking about contract negotiations. In my previous video, I talked about why Sony was not taking a super aggressive act here, and we could expect terms like this from whomever the market leader winds up being in terms of selling boxes to go under TVs. It's not completely irrational for Sony to ask for something like this. But if you're on the publisher side, one of the problems that I have with my clients and contracts and negotiating them is always a lack of certainty. What's your liability exposure? What is the budget for something if you're hiring out vendors or, or whatnot? And you have to have that certainty or else you've got problems. The lack of that certainty is in and of itself a cost. So when you've got math like this, you don't know because it's completely outside your control where people play their game and where they buy their microtransactions. So if they're playing on the Xbox and the PlayStation, which, hey, if you're take two, that's great. You sold two copies of Borderlands 3. You don't know where they're going to buy their microtransactions or where they're going to play with their friends, most likely. Sony says it's most likely going to be the Sony because more friends are playing games over there, but it's entirely outside your control. So if you're take two and you tell Randy Pitchford, that's nice that you programmed this back office support for PlayStation. We don't want you to go and certify that because we don't like what Sony has offered to us in terms of a contract. We don't like that lack of certainty. And we don't know sitting here from the outside whether it even looks entirely like this. Sony as of right now could have entirely different frameworks for entirely different publishers, right? This was what was proposed to Epic, as far as we know, in respect of what was leaked out of that trial. And what was proposed to Epic was based on Epic having one of the most successful games on the planet Earth. Borderlands 3, very successful, is not Fortnite in terms of revenue generated. So if you're Sony, this had always looked to me like a guidepost for how their counsel, how their lawyers were supposed to be negotiating some of these terms and putting them into their contract documents. You might have Take-Two being told, oh no, it's 50% here and you have to be within 95% 
of the playing time on PlayStation 4. And if you're a publisher, you say, no, 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 that's even worse than it could have been. Oh, and by the way, your deal terms were actually leaked in that trial that you weren't a part of. Sorry about that. And now we know what you offered to Epic and Fortnite. So if you're trying to separate from that, we've got a problem in our negotiations. That's one of the main reasons why, as part of Epic versus Apple, so many of these third parties were so upset about the actual numbers like this getting out there into the world. Having these numbers out there makes every single negotiation afterwards significantly harder because Take-Two, 2K, can go out there and say, "Mm -mm, no, we saw what you offered before. We'd like that deal, please. Or we'd like something different. We don't think this is acceptable in some fashion. But at the end of the day, what's a real problem here is you've got now a developer that you're in a relationship with, if you're Take-Two or 2K, that is going out there and throwing not one, but two separate parties under the bus. Right? For certification, we've been required by the publisher to remove cross-play support for PlayStation consoles. Doesn't itself throw Sony and PlayStation under that bus, but we know that Sony has been a problem for cross-play historically. We know what happened with Epic. We know how that looked. We know that that's continuing to be the case now. And now we have leaked materials that suggest that we understand why, which is that Sony is charging for something that traditionally hardware manufacturers have not charged for, even if, as a corporate lawyer, I can sit back and say, yep, I understand how Sony got there, and it's not actually ridiculous on its face what they're asking for. So Mr. Pitchford here, wildcard actor that he is, throws Sony under the bus and also throws his business partners under the bus that, yes, did get him $12 million, which was apparently above board, or at least the lawsuit uh, was dropped, and has funded his games and his companies for a good long time. So while a number of people get upset at Mr. Pitchford for going out there with all sorts of materials and being that wildcard actor, for those of us on the outside that are interested in news like this, a tweet, a message like this should never have gone out in this way. A CEO that is trying to manage relationships and to make everything proper and fit for his company would never put out a message like this. So if you are thankful for having this information, for knowing what's going on a little bit behind the scenes, I would recommend being thankful for folks like Mr. Pitchford and indeed for folks like Mr. Sweeney just going out there with messaging that would not pass muster with lawyers vetting these kinds of things and having these fights, which really could, in all honesty, cost his company, Gearbox, a pretty penny. Because if there's one thing that we have learned in the last six months is that Sony really doesn't like being questioned or having its business policies thrown under the bus. Something that CD Projekt and their Cyberpunk project, which is not still on the PlayStation Store, can readily attest to. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this video, please consider supporting the channel on Patreon, Streamlabs, buying something from the store, or just subscribing and telling your friends that we are here. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.